It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, we've got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Day. It's March Madness, baby, PTP. You know what, by the way, I want to I start off with, with a little rant. Hey, I watched a basketball, a college basketball game this weekend with Dick Vitale doing the commentary. And I was annoyed as all get out. What do you guys <laughs> think of Dick TV? I mean, he's doing the same stick he was doing 40 years ago, and it's still <laughs> as annoying as ever. Uh, a little bit of Dick Vitale goes a long way. <laughs> oh man, I can't remember the last time I heard him do a game, and it was terrible. Oh, and uh, it was a good game, and but he just couldn't stop talking about this one guy, uh, Cunningham, on Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham gonna be the top pick, I, I guess. But it was like a three-hour infomercial on, on this poor guy. Are you game. saying? Wait a second. Are you saying that Dick Vitale is Pierre Maguire of basketball? Ooh, good <laughs> analogy. Yes. <laughs> So, hey, hey, it's the Stadium Journey Podcast. We're part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. You know, follow us on our social media channels. Go to our website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. We're all over the place. And uh, if you want to find our podcast, type in VOC Nation Radio Network into your podcast search app or just look under the podcast tab on the website. And all of our old video podcasts are on our Stadium Journey YouTube channel. If you want to binge watch, just like we're going to binge watch March Madness, that's the place to go. And some of you are already there now, but if you're watching us later, every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern, we stream live on twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And we have the the whole crew is with us tonight. We got Dave Cotney with us. Follow him on social medias at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is here. You can follow him at Ballpark Hunter. Our producer, Dan Calachico, is here. You can follow him online at DanLaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me online at PuckmanRI. Or you can follow my new clones, apparently, that I have on Instagram. And uh, tonight, 
not, you know, it's embarrassing when you get uh, somebody that clones your account and then uh, one of your employers says, hey, what are you doing asking me for money? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that on Instagram yet, somebody cloning. Yeah, I, I don't even really know what clone is. i got to check it out. But uh, this morning when I woke up at 6, six o'clock, I had a message from my daughter. Says, Dad, I think you got hacked. Somebody messaged me and, and said, hello, dear. And I said, hey. She said, hey, F you. My dad doesn't talk to me, doesn't call me dear. And so she blocked him <laughs> and reported him. And all day long, all I'm going to be getting messages, hey, I think you got hacked. I think you got cloned. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the moment it came up, I was like, well, that's not Paul, so I'm not even going to address that. I just, <laughs> I was out on that. What are you talking about? Paul calls us dudes all the time. Dudes, and I call people dear, and I ask I everybody for even... money all the time. I didn't even read the profile. I was just like, no, he just no, he just posted this picture. I'm out. So what do they do? They like take a screenshot of your thing and there are, make into account? It, it's rampant on Twitter and on Instagram where I don't know what the end game is, but they'll take your pictures and other pictures from your account and they will create an alternate profile. And I don't know if they're using it to spam people or check passwords or to yeah. – well, apparently it's it's to get money out of people. Yeah, yeah I got a text today. I, I got a text today. Uh, what did it say? It said, um, "Will you be taking the coronavirus vaccine when it is your time? Yes or no?" And with a link, I was like, "Yeah, let me type yes for you." And then visit <laughs> that link. So no, so I just deleted. I threw it in my yeah. spam. Phones now have spam folders for text messages. If you didn't know. So I sent that sucker right to the t- spam. I was like, nope. No, thanks. So, so enough about my problems with technology. <laughs> Tonight, we've got an interesting topic. At least we think it's interesting, the four of us. So, you know, if you guys like it, great. If you don't like it, eh, listen to us anyway. So we are going to be talking about the most unique March Madness tournament, possibly of all time, because in 2021, because of the pandemic, the entire March Madness tournament is taking place in the cradle of basketball, the state of Indiana. All the games are happening at six venues, if I remember right. We got, what do we got, Lucas Oil Stadium. We got uh, the Indiana Fairgrounds. We've got uh, Hinkle Auditorium. This is where where Mark (laughs) would really um, help. I got it. I got you here. So Lucas Oil Stadium, they're going to have two uh, courts in Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, are they playing at the same time? No, not at oh, the same that time. that would be awesome. That'd be kind of awesome. Yeah. That be would be the best. I, I take, I take it back. This tournament sucks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the Colts. Uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, home of the Indiana Pacers. Hinkle Fieldhouse on the campus of Butler University. Uh, Indiana Farmers Coliseum, home of Ui Pui. Uh, Mackey Arena. In West Lafayette, home of Purdue, and uh, Mark, maybe you can you can say the name because I don't think I can say the name at, at Indiana. Something Simon somebody Assembly Hall Scott, right? Yeah, it's um, the Scott Hall. It's uh, pronounced Scott with a J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's silent. The silent J. Silent so there J. you go. It's Norwegian. So those are your those are your venues. I actually read an article the other day that said in the state of Indiana over the next like month and a half, there are going to be like between all the different tournaments going on, 
I forget the number, insane number of basketball games, like 400-something. God. Yeah, there there is going to be quite a bit of basketball, and I guess if you're going to pick a state in, in the country, this will be it, because right now uh, the tonight is when the high school tournament starts and all our other gigantic gyms across the state. So once that's done, you're going to have uh, the final four. I'm sorry, the tournament plus the final four. So should be pretty exciting. It'd be great if more fans could attend games, but those will be hot tickets and – Maybe just maybe I'll get to one of those games. I'm not quite sure. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought up attendance, Mark, because I think they said the NCAA said 25% capacity for all the buildings. Is that correct? Uh, is it 25%? Let me see. Dave, you're usually on top of that stuff. It sounds it sounds about right. I yeah, did get an email from the NCAA. 25. Today. It is 25. I got an email from the NCAA asking me if but I wanted said, to enter the lottery. Asking me if I wanted oh, to enter oh, the lottery. Oh, there's a lottery. Yeah, and it says, yeah, okay, go ahead. If you don't want to go to the Big Ten t- or to the uh, NCAA tournament, you can go the week before to the Big Ten tournament, which is also in Indianapolis and also at Lucas Oil. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. I forgot about that as well. Yeah, 25%. I think that includes all participants and essential, and, and essential, and essential staff and family members. Uh, so I think with media, if I'm requesting a, a media pass, I, I don't think I'll make the cut because they're limited. They're limited to what they can do this year. So. Yeah, and Stadium Journey, unfortunately, is still a little ways down on the total poll. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I we're, know we're definitely down. Yeah, I don't think we got a big – I don't think they ever given us Big Ten passes. I think one year we, we asked and they they told us then we were low on the total poll. Could you imagine now? <laughs> I know. I mean, we have made some inroads, but yeah, with the pandemic, yeah. I think uh, we're far, far below the the dividing line. So, um, some of these, most of these are in Indianapolis proper, Mark. Uh, if you want, to, we want to give our listeners yeah. a geography lesson. Purdue is not in Indianapolis, though, is it? No, Purdue is. Okay, uh, Chicago, isn't it? No, we're we're about fifty like, miles away that. from. Yeah, like I live, I can get to. Uh, Lafayette in about an hour. I would say we're closer to Indy than Chicago. It's up on 69. So if people, if pe- not sorry, 65. You oh, darn I think, Yeah, that's Fort oh, Wayne. Oh, and I Fort both Wayne. went for it, and we screwed it up anyway. Damn it. Fort, Fort Wayne's up 69. Uh, if you look at Indianapolis, you look at the northwest towards Chicago. Purdue is almost halfway in between Chicago and Indianapolis, but it's a little bit closer uh, to, um, to Indy. I a good hour from downtown, depending on traffic. For me, it's an hour. And uh, it's, I think between that and Bloomington, where IU is at, uh, probably about the same distance. IU might be a little bit closer from downtown Indianapolis. But if you're asking me my opinion, Mackey Arena is the better place for basketball. Just ticked off all my IU friends. <laughs> Question from the floor real quick, probably ahead of time, but I'm sure we're going to get there. But – Tim Capper wants to know, so I'm asking it. If there is an outbreak of COVID in teams, etc., curious to know what the NCAA plan is. Will the teams have to forfeit or sit? I do know the answer to this. Well, why don't you give us the answer there, Paul Baker? I don't, I don't want to. You have to pay me. Um, no, seriously. Um, they just announced no. what they're going to be doing for the NIT tournament, and they're going to be holding that in Texas. <laughs> And the top four seeds of the NIT, no, this, yeah, Texas right now. I'm, I was only laughing, I'm not laughing at the idea, I was laughing at 
Texas and not because of the people, because of the yeah. people running it. Uh, moving on. But the top four teams in the NIT, the top four seeds will be insurance teams for the NCAA tournament. So if somebody opts out or has to bow out because of COVID, they're going to slip one of those four teams in. Okay. Okay. That seems safe with, you know, everything going on. More travel, more teams. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know what? I have an all-star game, too. They are. No, I know. Hey, I can just speak from my own personal <laughs> experience. Um, you know, I'm wearing the hat of the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth, Corsairs, the top seed in the Little East Conference Tournament, which is going on now. Uh, the tournament was supposed to be over Sunday. We played our first game in the tournament yesterday. And there's only four teams in the tournament. Um, I actually don't think this was COVID-related. The official word was that there was an unforeseen travel emergency with the uh, Rhode Island College team, which set our game back. So now mm-hmm. we're playing the championship game on Thursday. That sucks. Oof. Yeah. So if you're wondering who this guy is, who looks like he's sticking his tongue out, that's actually his beard. That is Arnie the Corsair. Arnie the Corsair. All right. Get it? Arnie. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, stop it. But right. the Division Three canceled their tournament. I don't know if you all are aware of that. Because they were going to play Division One, Division Two, and Division Three all in Indiana in March. Uh, Division Three canceled the nationwide tournament because they said the threshold to have a national championship is 60% of your teams competing, mm-hmm. and only 48% of the Division Three teams nationwide played this year. So now, where is Division Two? Are they holding that in Indianapolis or no? Um, one was going to be in Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne? I can, that was Division I can, Three, I think. I Division Two. Evansville. Evansville, yes. Oh. That, that's, they finally have an interstate, almost have an interstate between Indianapolis and uh, Evansville. That's 69 <laughs> to get down there. So Nice. Uh, there, there's a few arenas down there. I know they have, uh, they have at least two arenas you can play at. Uh, maybe more. Obviously, they're not doing the high school venues. Uh, that's something we all talked about uh, when they first announced they were playing all the games here in Indy uh, about some of our high school gyms. But they're on high school campuses, and uh, they're not regulation sizes. So, yeah, that's why they're not playing. Plus, you can't serve alcohol, which I don't know if you can serve at NCAA, can you? Or Has anybody been to a Final Four where you had beer? I went to a Final Four hockey, and that was one of the drunkenest days of my life. Okay, well, maybe that's the case. That <laughs> There's I your answer. I think it has. It usually has more to do with campus. Okay. As as to and, those, and those restrictions are relaxing, too. Yeah. I've been to some on-campus mm-hmm. places that are now serving limited beer. But. Hey, just to clarify so I don't sound like a, a schmuck here uh, any more than I usually do, um, the, the leveling off of restrictions, totally for it. You know, vaccines being distributed, that's the whole point. Going from zero to 100? No. Just wanted to point that out from the comment I made earlier. Just wanted to clarify. I don't think I'm saying anything outlandish. Not cursing anymore on this show. So I just wanted to calmly explain what I meant earlier. So you know what I think is a little strange about this tournament? It, and and maybe it's uh, – it's not strange, I guess, but it's uh, – Almost sad. So, since since we got to more than sixty four teams, right? 
since they started doing the the playing game and the first four and whatnot. That game every year is played in Dayton at the University of Dayton. And this year, obviously since it's everything's in Indiana, uh, the first four is going to be at Purdue. Uh, two of the games at Purdue, two of them at in at uh, IU. Isn't Dayton right over the state line? It's close enough. Dayton uh, is two hours from where I live, uh, about less than an hour over the state line. So technically, technically, you probably could have played it in Dayton. <laughs> See, in that space, you could have visited four New England states. So I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> yeah, or they could have played it at uh, University of Miami, Ohio. That's right over the border, but. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I, uh, coming from an Indianapolis perspective, a lot of people are excited about the downtown business uh, because Lucas Oil and, of course, Banker's Life are in that downtown sector. Uh, Butler is a little bit north of downtown, not terribly north, but obviously you're going to have traffic uh, with people going to the fairgrounds, which is also north of downtown. Uh, businesses are, are looking forward to this. They've been hit very hard. Uh, you did have some protests early on here. Some people got hit by that. Uh, so they're looking for some downtown business. They're looking for some some just way of life, trying to make ends meet. So uh, from a local uh, local angle, it's 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 going to be pretty wild. I don't know what it's going to look like uh, with crowds downtown. What it's going to look like around the circle, uh, where they may put some TVs up. We have some pedestrian areas where they might do that as well. I really haven't heard too much about those plans and what that's going to look like. But, I mean, I have friends already pushing for, you know, following Texas's lead and pulling off her mask, but I don't think we should go that route right this moment. Have you had the privilege of going to a Final Four, Mark, or, or downtown India anyway for a big – Yes, I was there when Florida won its second in a row. I did not go to the game – but I was downtown. I was um, outside of Lucas Oil. I bought a UCLA championship shirt for five bucks, bootleg from some vendor. I thought that was cool to have. Uh, I I did get did get involved in all that excitement. Uh, I followed the team back to the hotel, saw Rick Pitino, but I wasn't inside the building. I was just uh, outside with the crowd. Uh, so that's the closest that's the closest I've been. Uh, to a Final Four, but it happens here every four or five years, so I don't know why that's my only one. I probably should have made a few ventures down there. What's the city look like during the tournament? Well, right now, I wish we had a picture we could show you guys. Uh, we have on the Marriott Hotel this that giant blue building that I is a backdrop of Victory Field. There's the bracket, and they do that every year. They have some sort of bracket that they post up there. Uh, I don't see... A lot yet. I know when the Big Ten tournament's down here, they do rename the streets after all the universities that participate. So I think we're going to see a lot of pop and circumstances with decorations, basketball themes, college themes, uh, you know, when that time comes. But, you know, like this is brand new. It's going to be multiple venues hosting the Final Four. And it's, it's kind of cool that you're going to see some basketball being played. Like, personally, I'd rather the Final Four – get played at a basketball venue rather than a giant dome stadium. I mean, I get why you do that. You want to pack as many people in, but, I mean, those sightlines are god-awful uh, from my experience at the Sky Dome in 
six. So, uh, it, that was going to be just, my next question, yeah. yeah has has anybody on our panel been to a basketball game in a football stadium or a baseball yeah, stadium? What's, what's I have, that for sure. I have, yeah. As, as uh, a visiting fan, what is that like? <laughs> well, I, I was at uh, the 08 um, Sweet 16 Elite Eight, and that was held at Ford Field. It was the year before they held the Final Four at Ford Field. And... Um, you know, buying tickets is a bit of a crapshoot, right? If you're going through the NCAA and the lottery and, and, you know, 08, I would say that StubHub was not as huge as it is now. Uh, you know, StubHub fees beat were a real thing and, and tried to steer clear of StubHub. So you end up going in kind of the lottery and you, pick a um, like a price range and they just hear your seats boom so it's it's a lot less like you know ticketmaster or whatever where you're used to kind of choosing your seats or, or the sections or whatever so I was in the corner um, I would have been right there for a nice Calvin Johnson you know touchdown reception it would have been perfect. Uh, but for basketball, I was definitely too low, um, so the sight lines were really bad, and and really the only thing that made it, uh, uh, well, I, I mean it was unique. I'd never been to a NCAA playoff game like that, and I, it, actually it was only the second time I'd seen NCAA basketball at all. Um, but 08 in Detroit was the Steph Curry look at me show. So Steph Curry played for uh, Davidson and he um, blew the doors off of Wisconsin and then came within, they, uh, they lost to Kansas in the elite eight uh, and Kansas went on to win the national championship. So um, really what they do wrong to me is that they put it right in the middle. I've also been to Syracuse. And Syracuse is, is the football stadium. It's the regular spot they play in the Carrier Dome. Uh, but they, they push the court up to one end. And honestly, Syracuse is one of my, one of my favorite venues. Uh, it, if you get, you know, think about it. Excuse me. A normal NCAA basketball game, you're, you're looking probably 12,000. Like a big arena like uh, Kentucky is about, what, 19 or 20? Um, Syracuse, for a good team, uh, like a good opponent, you're getting 35. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is really neat. So Syracuse, I had a blast. Ford Field, not so much. No, I uh, – yeah, I, like I said, I saw a game at the Sky Dome NBA. Obviously was not a Final Four, but, you know, we had $5 tickets, Steve King and I. And we're up in the nosebleeds, so it was it was something cool to see because we were young. A five dollar ticket was nice. Uh, I would say another time I was close was in St. Louis when I went to the Arch Madness, but that was I just remember that that was actually played at uh, what was the Keel Center at the time. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's you know in, in Indiana they even they play they play high school they used to play the high school state championship games. At the Hoosier Dome 30-some 30, 30 years ago, that was 25, 30 years ago. 
that's how that's how big it was because they'd get forty, thirty, forty thousand people to see a game. Uh, you know, it, I, the demands there. Yeah, I, I get you're going to play those games there. Um, now, would they would they do the center court configuration uh, back in the in the Hoosier Dome for those? I think what they did is they they put one of the stands in the center. I'm trying to think. I don't think they put the court in the center. They put they pushed it towards one of the ends right. of uh, the seating bowl, and then they were pushed. Push aside. If you go on YouTube, you can you know type in 1990 Indiana State High School Championship 91 92. They'll show you what it looks like. It's probably similar to what they did in Syracuse because both stadiums were were identical to one another, right? Uh, in design and features. So it's uh, I tell you, we're just excited about having having live basket college basketball in our neck of the woods, you know. So. You be, believe you may, uh, 25% of, I don't know how many you can fit at a, in the Hoosier, I keep calling the Hoosier Dome, I don't know how many you can fit in Lucas Oil, but I'm thinking 50,000? Is that? So 15, probably a crowd of between 12 and 15,000, right? Yeah. You know? That's, well, if they're, if they're running case. two courts, oh, are they going to Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not going to be 50,000. Are they going to re- reconfigure for the... Will they put some stands down the middle in between them, or are they just going to be side by side? I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Um, I think that's a missed opportunity. That would be awesome to have two games going on simultaneously. It's it's a lot like the uh, the at home experience for March Madness, isn't it? Yeah. Where you where your 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 remote control is starting to smoke because <laughs> you're flicking back and forth so much, and no, the batteries are dead. Or if you've ever been to a pro tennis tournament where there's just you can just wander the grounds and That's watch crazy. all of these different things. I I actually once once I started to think about it, I can understand why they wouldn't play two games at one time because you would have buzzards and uh, different sounds going on. It could mess with the other game. Yeah, so that makes sense. But then why have two courts? So I would say that I mean in my experience, the best games uh, and. and on television too, right? When when is really the the bread and butter of March Madness? It's that first weekend, right? Right. And those are uh, and those are the most fun games too. I, I got a chance to go to Buffalo, and um, you know, as as fans, we often are critical of you know like the home the home team, right? So you know, how often is has Duke played at Greensboro or? Or something like that, or North Carolina played at Greensboro, but but they do need that draw. Um, in Buffalo, it was Syracuse, uh, and it's really it's really strange because you got a, a lot of different kinds of fans. You know, you've got those followers of whatever teams are coming in. You've got people who are like me who were in for the marathon where we were going to watch four games in a day, and um, you know, two games the following weekend. Right, and it didn't matter who who was playing, uh, but it's neat to sit there and you watch the rotation of the fans, and you know that those guys like Syracuse, they, if they lose in the first round, those fans are out selling their tickets for the next round, oh, yeah. right? Because they're they're not sticking around; they're going home. Um, but totally, totally unique experience. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, you know, I know friends that take time off from work. And have friends over, 
Uh, my buddy Chris Moline that I play kickball with, that's his annual rite of passage those first two days. Days off, friends coming over. Of course, here in town, we, we head to Broad Ripple or we head downtown to watch the games at the bars all day and just, you know, live like we're in college again. It's uh, it's 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 quite the thing. And, you know, like, like we're going to be doing this as the games are going on right you know, down the street from us. So uh, that that's another interesting aspect. What is the bar scene going to look like here in town? Obviously, what's the bar scene going to look like in other states uh, who have fans rooting for their teams and other teams to win? Well, one of the things I think is, <clears throat> is interesting and uh, different is – how how is especially bubble coaches right for big schools they complain that these small schools get automatic bids right I think a lot of people don't know how the tournament works every conference gets one automatic bid and that's it right. and in every conference uh, even now in t- before the Ivy League was kind of the lone holdout but every conference gives their automatic bid to the tournament winner so. Whoever wins the Big Ten tournament gets an automatic bid to the NCAA. Everybody else is at large. So those those bubble teams, their coaches get mouthy about whether or not, you know, those those mid-majors um, should really have a spot, right? So would a an Illinois, not this year, Illinois is really good, but an Illinois who is, you know, right on the bubble and, and they're being, they're not getting a space because, like, you know, Canisius wins the the Metro Atlantic and they get a spot. But that's what makes March Madness special, right? Uh, you could say, you know, who won four years ago? Who knows? But if you say Sister Jean, everybody's <laughs> going to go like Loyola, right? Loyola, yep. And, and they're number one in their conference <laughs> right now. <laughs> and, and, and Virginia, you know, Virginia – loses as a number one to a 16 the first time ever, and then the very next year they win the whole thing. UMBC, correct? Was that Uh, Yeah. Without those little schools, March Madness is not that interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but you got to think about it. Let's say UMBC makes their way to the Final Four. You know, how many, on a normal year, how many of their fans are coming compared to a Virginia, compared to a Duke? You know, so there's that other aspect. But yeah, it was great when uh what was that? George Mason, was that was that the school that made it the final four? George Mason made it one year, yeah. Some, or back in the day when yeah, it was that, it. yeah, it was just, you know, some random schools that you hear from. Or when Indiana State made it in seventy nine with Larry Burr, they nobody was expecting you know They were undefeated. They were, they were undefeated, <laughs> but you know, you tell somebody now about Indiana State and they're like Really? They made it to the Final Four? Hey. And you tell me you had Larry Bird, and I'm like, oh, okay. Loyola made it to the Final Four, right? Yeah, they were a few years ago. I was in Chicago watching I was really torn on that one because, you know, I love the Loyola story, but then they came up against Michigan yeah. <laughs> with my team. I was like, Ugh. Okay, and, you had your fun time. And Michigan sent them packing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're until this year in the NBC, so – uh, if they do make make a run, hopefully it's not going to be considered, a, you know, a freak a freak show, you know, like they're, oh. they're legitly good. 
Yeah, well, think about Gonzaga a few years back. Gonzaga, They were considered yeah. a Cinderella, yep. and they used that that uh, that year to really springboard into becoming one of the big boys. Yeah, you know, look at Wichita State. They used to play – like, I went to Indiana State. Wichita State and Creighton used to be in our, our conference now, you know, because they had such strong programs and, you know, they had some nice runs. I think – wasn't Wichita State undefeated a few years ago and number one in there? And they're ranked. They're which team? Which team which, we lost to? Which Wichita State, the Shockers, weren't they undefeated heading into the tournament a few years ago? I don't think they were undefeated. Undefeated, yeah. okay. I no, don't they think were that's happened since like UNLV or something. Okay, okay. Well, that's it. Well, they might have been ranked one or two. They were. Well, you're you're in uh, man, this was, you're in undefeated country markets. Was it like seventy? 77? Was that the last time? Oh, I the, Isaiah, the Isaiah Thomas year? 75-76. That was the I undefeated IU team. Yep. They were undefeated, and a uh, team from New Jersey called Rutgers made the Final Four that year. So, <laughs> Last one. IU fans. I know we talked that, that one episode about annoying fans. Not that I think IU fans are annoying, but sometimes – Ooh, they can get annoying, especially around this time of the year where they think they can make a run in the Big Ten tournament and then, you know, make a run in the tournament itself. So now I think Rutgers put them in their place the other day, so maybe they'll be quiet. I, I know I know you've got a bit of a IU rivalry happening, um, but i got to say Assembly Hall is one of the most unique facilities it it I've ever seen. Is. It is. Unlike anything. I don't think you would want to build a venue like that anymore. It is a theater. To me, it looks like uh, early, it's, well, it's almost 50 years old. I think it was built in 1971. It looks like a, the main library of your local township. That's how we saw it. And up until a couple of years ago, they didn't even renovate that. It looked exactly the same way it did when Bobby Knight first walked onto campus. But it's you're probably right. Bobby Knight's idea to not renovate it. Yeah, it's like your or my hands are. Your seats are just whoosh all the way to the top in this very steep uh, angle, and it's unlike any kind of uh, gym that I've ever been to or will ever uh, go to. And then at the end of the court, you have these small little student sections. But uh, it's iconic. IU fans love that place. That is their mecca of college ball. They would not have it any other way. Uh, but from, a st- from a, I guess, an architectural standpoint, it's interesting. But as a fan, I definitely would rank some other gyms much higher than Assembly Hall at Bloomington. Well, it's neat. If you look from the top down, it looks like a bow tie. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yep. I was there. Um, oh, how long ago? I was there a while ago. Uh, Fifty years. Since yeah, they made the lobby. Yeah, two thousand nine. I was there. Yeah. But unfortunately, when I was there, they hung pitch baskets on the wall. <laughs> when I were there, they had undefeated season just ended. Uh, no, it was two thousand nine, and unfortunately, because of the way the college basketball schedule works, I. I don't often get to, like, the – like, I often see the worst scenarios in each spot. So, uh, you know, I was there December 28th. So uh, the the campus is empty, right? Uh, all the students are have gone home for Christmas for the most part. Um, but what, what made this worse is they were playing Bryant 
Oh, even better. Bryant wasn't even a full-fledged Division One member yet. Hey, Bryant is the best college team in Rhode Island this year. Well, you know, they, they were – it was their – I'm an 9 It was their probationary year. Yeah. And, you know, that game was over, you know, I think before the ref turned <laughs> to look at the basket. Like, it was – yeah. It was over. Yeah, I, I know this game. I've been to IU games like that too. When they're like, when Indiana State was horrible, uh, they would roll over them. But sometimes Indiana State would beat them. So uh, the tables are turned. One thing they did they did well at IU is uh, they renovated the lobby, and they have a lot of uh, great memories and traditions and statues and hands-on uh, screens that you can learn about the college. Uh, they have. Uh, the old scoreboard. They there's five distinct traditions that they do at games. Those are hanging up on placards that inform fans. A marvelous job that they did there. I mean that lobby is, is very very different from other lobbies that I've seen. Uh, the concession areas they improved as well because those were bare minimum. I mean it was. If if you went to a game there in 1975, you probably I didn't change too much since then. So, uh, yeah, Bloomington, Indiana, IU basketball, just a – I hate saying unique all the time, but it is. It's one of a kind. There's, there's nothing like it out there. And totally, totally different from Purdue, right? Oh, much Whereas, where And I think it's fair to say that Purdue is the big, thing. The big rival. Thing. Yes. Oh, yeah, yep, they're rivals. So <laughs> – um, I, I would say IU is probably more comfortable than Purdue. Um, Purdue reminded me of yeah with basketball, football the opposite. Okay, yeah. Uh, but Purdue remi- actually Mackey Arena reminded me more of a college football venue than a college basketball venue. Um, hmm. It reminded me of going to the big house where I'm sitting on a bench and the dudes yeah in, are in my back behind me and I'm scrunched up and I, I'm in the Dude's back in front of me, and uh, but loud. Oh, oh yes, easily, it, easily the loudest. Yeah, one of the uh, venue I've ever been to for college basketball. It was, it was uh, amazing, and and I saw a, a. I was there in eighteen, and I was lucky enough to see them play uh, a very good Penn State team, which is unusual. Penn State not normally good. Um, mm-hmm. They pulled it out by three. So Purdue, I mean that they were ranked that year. So it was it was just a madhouse. Uh, I don't feel I got to see the real Indiana um, yeah. Hoosiers, but I feel like I saw the real Purdue experience there. Yeah. No, you're right. When I did my review of Mackey Arena, I think I gave the the fans a four out of five, and I had a few IU uh, Purdue alum <laughs> contact me. And yell at me because that should have been a five. We have the best atmosphere in college basketball, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then if you talk to an IU fan, I'm going to tell you how bad the rivalry is. There are some IU fans that will not step one foot into Mackey Arena. My friend Aaron, who graduated IU, doesn't even want to have a conversation about Purdue basketball. Doesn't even want to (laughs) go to Mackey Arena. Now, her husband's a Purdue graduate. He'll make, she'll make him go to IU games, but she will not go to a game at Mackey Arena because that's that's the rivalry there. In fact, when we 
try to get press credentials. I don't even bother asking for the, when those two teams play because you're not going to get those tickets. Uh, they're not going to give you passes. The tickets are hard to get. Uh, and it is quite something unique to watch, especially when both teams are ranked because Purdue was ranked pretty high a couple years ago when they were in the tournament. And, and if did they lose to Virginia? Like if, in overtime? I think so. Yeah, they were that close to making the Final Four, which I don't think Purdue has ever been in the Final Four. You know, it would be nice to have Purdue make it make it high, win a championship, and stick it to Purdue. Believe you me, the Purdue fans <laughs> will come out of their shadow because they, they do take a lot of gruff from IU fans here. But, yeah, Mackey Arena, uh, if you have been to University of Illinois, very similar yep. building. Uh, that used to be called Assembly Hall. I think it's called State I was Hall. there the same day. Okay, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not too far. Those two cities are not too far from one another. Yeah, uh, but yeah, very similar dome shape, round. Yeah, yeah round. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I, I thought both are, are much different experience. Much different experience. The campuses are completely different. I use a little more prettier than than Purdue's, but Purdue has the triple X burger spot with the peanut butter burgers and a few other cool destinations. So. You know, what I like is that you're not going to both campuses and getting a very similar experience. You're getting a much, much different experience, and you can actually say that about the two other schools that are going to be on this list too. Right. And Purdue, uh, they have that sort of inferiority complex, mm-hmm. right? Like what's the big cheer at, at Purdue? Regardless of who they're playing, <laughs> it's just like the New Jersey Devils, right? Poppin' sucks. You know, IU sucks. Uh, yeah. I forget. I, they brought somebody back, you know, one of these alumni deals and, and uh, you know, led the cheer. <laughs> IU sucks. I was looking around. I was like, wait a second. Um, guys, they're playing Penn State. What's up with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that, that's the rivalry there. You know, there's people with flags hanging out of their house, married couples that have that, you know, gold and red flag hanging up or black and red, whatever they do. But I would say um, – Experience-wise, out of really probably the three best venues on this list for college basketball, uh, I was wowed by Hinkle Fieldhouse and what it looked like, but the atmosphere there just didn't it didn't blow me away. Now maybe it was because again it's you know Christmas time and yeah, and not everybody's there, um, but you know getting wowed by. Uh, Hoosiers and everything, and that was really cool, but it it just wasn't the same. Maybe it was because they were playing Ooey Pooey as well, and they were oh, pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, last, the last college game I went to was Butler versus Seton Hall. It was a packed it house. Was, wow. Crowd was insane. You had the band. You had the fans. Uh, you know, that's a hard place to move around in some angles because of the way, you know, it's an almost 100-year-old uh, arena. Uh, but I have been to games in Christmas where they're playing – I don't know who they're playing. They're, they're playing Wright State University, and you don't even have the band there. You have volunteer band mm-hmm. <laughs> playing. And you're right. It's dead as a doornail. I hate when that happens. That, that happened to me at the Palestra in Philadelphia. I was expecting this great crowd, and it's, you know, December 31st. Nobody's around. Yep. So, yeah. Double-edged sword. If you could get there during a, a good time, it's all worth it. But, you know – you get there when you can, and, and at least say you watched the game there. But, yeah, Hinkle Fieldhouse is at one time was one of the largest, if not the largest, place for college basketball in the country. It is an institution. I can remember 
you know, 10, 12 years ago before the Bulldogs made a couple runs. Uh, that was an easy ticket to get. It wasn't that expensive, and you had plenty of room to move around. That is not the case anymore. Right. Brad Stevens put that place on the map, and, and rightfully so, if you ever read his story about how he became coach there. Uh, you know, too bad he isn't there still. You know, I think a lot of people really uh, still love that guy for what he did. Well, he may be unemployed pretty soon. <laughs> he may be unemployed. He'll be back. They'll take him back. But, yeah, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Uh, I would say the only bad thing about Hinkle is the parking. It's it's not the best, but you park pretty much on campus or the residential streets that surround it, a.k.a. Wrigley Field-like. Uh, but it's uh, that's part of the charm as well. You get to walk to the game with fans, and everybody becomes a Butler fan <laughs> the day of the game. You know what I find what surprised me about Hinkle is, and it's a, like a couple other spots, um, Calgary uh, Saddle Dome is like this, where – it's got this kind of long shape to it that you see outside, and you expect the ice or the court or whatever to be situated in a certain way. Okay. And yeah. it's actually the opposite. Yeah. And well, that so Hinkle being like a long kind of barn-like yes uh, structure, the You're court right. is actually not with the length. It's, yeah. It's the other way. And that wasn't always the case. It used to be flipped the other way. Oh, they rotated and, it. Yeah, they rotated it huh. up until I want I don't I don't know the year I, I'm gonna just gonna take a stab say the 1950s but I could be wrong. But if you walk well, in the lobby, they'll they give you and that's another great thing about the Hinkle Fieldhouse is the history of Tony Hinkle, the history of the arena, the history of the program, and they'll tell you that they'll tell you the construction, they'll tell you how they rotated it, uh, they'll right. tell you about the you know that used to be the place for the you know Indiana State basketball championship from like 1911 to 1971 well i when i was there i found the plaque for the milan miracle which milan milan or milan my bad yeah. <laughs> most, <laughs> most people Italy. don't most people don't know it but it yeah. was it was the uh i don't think i've ever seen that <laughs> you haven't the seen plaque. the plaque for it well i don't think the, i've seen the plaque no it's, Where, where's it's, that uh, it's hoosiers right like it's yeah, yeah that's it's, it's the um it's the uh, inspiration for for agree, you know, Gene Hackman and his in his tape measure and um, <laughs> yeah it's there you go it's they're all numbered right so it's number if next time you're there it's number six on the Hinkle Fieldhouse History Tour okay hey guys I got some breaking uh, college basketball venue news the wow. XL Center in Hartford I don't know if you can see this. The uh, wind has blown the sign off. Oh. Now, now we're going to just call it the L Center. <laughs> L Center. Boy, the, Mother Nature has not been kind to of that arena in its history. Did its did roof cave in back it's in? Its roof collapsed yeah, one time. Yeah. Oh, the story about that, a uh, quick diversion here. L, for the loser arena that doesn't have a hockey team. That's, uh, they do have a hockey team. An NHL team. Where, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, that happened just a couple hours after a sold-out basketball game between uh, UConn and I believe it was UMass. Yeah. Um, and there was a blizzard, and just like two hours, there was one person in the building is what I remember, if I remember correctly. Roof collapsed from the weight of the snow and poor engineering, and luckily the building had just emptied out, or that could have been just a catastrophe. Yeah. Well, you know what is a catastrophe? Right now, Michigan is losing to Illinois by 22. That is a catastrophe. <laughs> it's killing me. So, I right, guess. Where else, so, where else is the tournament being held? Uh, the Indiana State Fairgrounds. Yeah, Indiana, uh, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Yeah. 
The which, home of IUPUI, right? IUP, right? Yes, and only recently the home of IUPUI. They, they That's not their ancestral home. Uh, that is a barn more known as a hockey place. That's that's where minor league hockey has pretty – every hockey team, I, with the exception of maybe the WHA team, uh, play there. The Pacers actually played there their first few years before Market Square Arena was built. Uh, yeah, but that, that's more of a hockey barn. And up until a few years ago, it was a dump. They heavily renovated it. They had to close it down for two years. Beautiful place. I, I love it. it. It has that it has that historic look from the outside. You know, you've been there to see hockey. It's got its pro. It has its pros and cons. I've been there for basketball, and unfortunately, maybe two other two hundred other people were there with me. So it wasn't that exciting. You can check out my review on Stadium Journey IUPUI Jaguars. Wasn't that exciting, and that's the thing that kind of kills me. I have never seen a game that has had a good crowd for the Jaguars. I know they're trying to build that program up. Uh, we're spoiled here with all the basketball. I'm surprised they don't get more people than they should. It's a big commuter school. Maybe so, the team starts winning a lot more and more frequently. You may see some changes. Do you think, and I, I really have no idea, but do you think part of it has to do with the, the IU and the, the PU? Right? Like you have yeah. two schools who are mortal enemies that are trying to work together. Yeah, like and they that, both own the market, yes. That part I don't really understand. Um, and Fort Wayne was like that until, I don't, what happened? Uh, uh, IU pulled out of that school and now it's just Purdue Fort Wayne? Yeah, it's Purdue Fort Wayne. Yeah, with IU, with IU, uh, IUPUI, uh, students have the option of earning an IU degree or Purdue degree, so maybe it depends on your major. I think really? in a, it used to be Indiana Central, I believe. They used to have another name, and then IU and Purdue both went in there to make satellite campuses. I mean, to make it a satellite school. Uh, but they're building, you know, they're they're building a lot down there too. It's becoming it's becoming a bigger school than than it used to be. Uh, you know, it's located near downtown, right next door. If people People live on there. Uh, they they they're hosting the soccer team there again, the Indy Eleven. So it's uh, it's it's getting a little bit bigger. But you know, when it comes to terms of basketball, their arena is away from campus. They used to play on campus in a very nondescript gym. I don't know if they still play some games there from time to time, but they're really trying to make uh, make that program a little more noticeable. So you don't really hear about their basketball team all that much here. Unless they're winning, that that venue looks like it. It's a looks like a could be venue. Like it oh, could yeah. be great. Oh, it could be amazing. Um, just by just and just by the pictures that I'm yeah. that I'm seeing, and there are a lot of like uh, classic sort of features, like um, exposed you, pipe. You got some. You got some pictures here in the in the lobby with like. The old, old, old school ticket windows. Yes, they, they kept those. Like, and, uh, yeah. Wow, that looks really neat. Yeah, and up until the renovations, that's how you got your tickets. <laughs> you waited a lot to get your tickets through there. It was amazing. I, I wish I would have. I don't know why I never did a review of uh, the ice. Uh, not the ice. I don't know who was playing there at the time. Was it the ice? Yeah, the ice, the junior league ice. I wish I had done a review. Last game I was there to see a hockey Last hockey game before the renovations is the night Whitney Houston died. So I don't know what year that is offhand, but 
that that place was a dump. So when they made those changes, it was huge. But uh, yeah, it is a could be. It's a could be venue, but it's more of your hockey venues, more of the 4-H venue. It's more of, hey, let's parade some donkeys and cattle around during the state fair in the summer. Just basketball, it has a history there. And one thing I wish the the arena did was promote some of that history because there's a lot that they can come up with. I mean, the Beatles played there. You know, if the Beatles played there, promote it. They, they had an explosion there, a devastating explosion in the early 60s that there's a plaque out there. Unfortunately, some people lost their lives. They need to promote that building a little bit more. It kind of gets sucked in with the rest of the fairgrounds and all that goes on there. But, um, you know, maybe it gets some new life this year with a little, like the whole nation's eyes on it for some games. It sounds like, um, like the Coca-Cola Coliseum, which used to be the Rico Coliseum. Yeah. Very uh, very similar. Very similar. at, At Exhibition Place in Toronto. And the Marlies have done a fantastic job with that mm-hmm. place because it was the agricultural You're absolutely center, right. Um, and they kept like they kept the giant wooden old school livestock yep. doors, and there's pictures everywhere. And uh, you know, think about it like the Marleys started off as a whole lot of nothing, and have really built themselves a following. And MLSE has done a really excellent job with them and turning that venue into into a home for them. Yeah. Do they do they play any type of basketball there by chance or is it uh they do not. Not okay. to my knowledge anyway. So the the G League team plays in Mississauga. Yeah. So the the nine oh five team, the Raptors nine oh five, they play at uh Yeah. Well what's it called now? Paramount Fine Foods. Oh, Paramount Fine Foods. Something you know what we haven't heard any <laughs> issues with is the G League bubble. That seems to be going along pretty well. I guess, yeah. Although it's minor league basketball. If something was going wrong, would we even know we, about it anyway? We would not know yeah. about it, yeah. But, yeah, you're definitely right. The fairgrounds, which histor- it was called the Pepsi Coliseum for many years before the renovations, uh, was, was the, it's, it's definitely a could be, you know. It, it's beautiful. I love it. I love old, older uh, buildings. I love how they kept uh, the look and style of it. You know, it does have – some narrow spots on the concourse. They have an upper deck that doesn't go all the way around. Uh, the food selection is getting a little bit better there. But, yeah, I would love to see that place packed for a basketball game. I mean, if IU were to play IUPUI for some reason, and that could happen, you know, or Butler was there or Purdue, yeah, you would you would see a huge crowd there. You'd definitely see a huge crowd. And what are our other venues for the tournament? Uh, we got uh... – Anchor's Life. Anchor's Life. I was, home of the Pacers. I was thinking Market Square Arena, but no, that's not the name of it. Yeah, Market Square is gone. It's gone. Banker's Life is, is probably uh, one of the best NBA venues. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, I, it's designed, its floor design is similar to, uh, I would say, like Orlando and Phoenix and uh, Brooklyn. Where it's it's really all about basketball. Uh, you yeah. put hockey in there in a pinch, and it's, it's like Brooklyn. Yeah, bang. It's, it would be it's Brooklyn. Like the sight lines are all messed up. Yes. So you really have something special uh, on the basketball side. I think Milwaukee is like that too, because the the Admirals don't even play at the no, new spot. They play, they the play uh, at the at the old spot. The old yes, old, spot. Old, the old old spot. The old old spot. The old old spot. Um. 
but yeah, it's a uh, very, um, very Indiana feel to it, right? It's got that kind of field house. You, I, I think it's great that they, you know, they changed the name over years, of course, with the corporate changes, but it's always been field house. And it, and it definitely is more of a field house than an, an arena. Yeah, and I, I think when they first built that, I wasn't quite sure what a field house was. But when you walk into uh, when you walk into the concourse, you have these trophy cases that are full of not only Indiana Pacer history, but the state's basketball history from colleges, from old NBA teams. There's uh, programs for, you know, about Oscar Robinson, about the old Indianapolis Olympians basketball team from way back when, Fort Wayne, Zollner Pistons. So they design it as if you're at a college or a high school and you're walking through their concourse and you're seeing their old trophies. Plus there's brick facade, brick walls that have painted ads that are retro uh, from new companies, but it's made to look retro. So I like that a lot. Plus that was going through a major renovation. Uh, this past year. I know the Fever were supposed to play at Hinkle last summer. Uh, I don't know where they are with the renovations, but that's even going to increase, you know, the atmosphere. That's going to make the atmosphere a little bit better as well. I think they're going to, you know, add better sight lines in certain spots. So I don't know where they are with that right now. But, yeah, that that is that is a basketball first uh, facility. They just put in a new scoreboard several years ago. I remember when I first saw that, if you compare that to the original scoreboard, which was made to look like a retro scoreboard with a video board, it was night and day. I was like, wow, we just jumped like 100 years, 50 years worth of technology overnight because that thing was huge. And, I mean, the crisp images, now a lot of gyms have those type of uh, jumbotrons or video screens, so – and you're downtown. You're you're next to everything. I mean, you're walking distance from bars and hotels, shopping centers. You're you're within walking distance from uh, Lucas Oil. So yeah, it's it's a prime prime spot. Lucas Oil the same too. It's got that in, it you know it's got that Indiana feel. It's yeah, well built it, on the outside to look like a, a yeah a warehouse a big field house. Yeah, well. It's, it's funny, and we had this conversation before when my dad looked at that stadium. He's like, that looks like a giant warehouse, you know? Like, why were they built that? And, and then I go to Atlanta, and I go out to Phoenix, and I see what they built, or even Minneapolis. And I'm like, okay, that looks awesome. But, yeah, yeah, that – I think in Indiana, they want everything to kind of match the decor of a certain district. So the field house was made to look like an old basketball, and I guess a field house – uh, and of course, Lucas Oil was made to look like the buildings within that area there. But once you get inside, it's amazing. You yeah. know, you can't complain. I'd rather watch football there than see a jet game at that giant sardine can at the Meadowlands. I mean, who wouldn't rather see anything other than a jet <laughs> game? Well, to be honest with you, this last, last couple of years, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Ninety-eight dollars to see the team lose, and then and then not go. Winless. I, real, real quick. I figured out what bothers me about the Jets so much. They're modern uniforms, but the old version logo when they had that Jets logo. Yeah. That they don't use it. It, it baffles my mind. Since so for Stadium Journey, aesthetically drives me crazy. That's just <laughs> yeah. They could have done a better job. My God. So yeah. But get get it back to Lucas. Uh, Eddie Hoops just sent me a message. He said he was there in 2015 when Duke won. Nobody yep. gets a shout-out for Eddie Hoops. No. 
Yeah. Why not? I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. No, Eddie Hoops, yeah. <laughs> he was there, so Eddie, Eddie, uh, send me a message on Twitter. Tell me what that was like. How are your tickets? What was the atmosphere? Send some like? pictures. I mean, I, I was there for Florida, but I was on the outside. Go Duke. <laughs> I, I it was there fun. For it was fun to be on the outside. It was it was a lot of fun. The only team consistent in my life. Go Duke. I probably could have scalped tickets. Looking back, I should have. I could have had a lot to say on this episode. I only knew. You should have a lot to say in this episode, local guy. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, you would have had more yeah. to say. Lucas Oil is actually, I mean, outside of outside of going to see the Dolphins, which is just more about my personal uh, affiliation and my personal history to the Dolphins. Uh, the the Colts are probably my favorite um, NFL experience, and and okay. it's the the state. You're right. I, I like I like what you said about how it, it just sort of fits, you know. And we've complained about Soldier Field, how it doesn't it doesn't fit, right? It does, doesn't fit within itself, let alone you know um, the greater the greater thing. And and yeah. that seems to be more of a college thing where. Uh, you want everything to sort of match and, and fit in, in some of the, the most beautiful um, college campuses. Everything, everything looks like it fits. Uh, Notre Dame is a perfect example, whether it's the hockey arena that is almost brand new or Notre Dame Stadium, which, uh, you know, Newt Rockney built with his own bare hands back in everything was black and white days. You know, they they both look like they fit. Everything matches on the camera. LA Kings jerseys? <laughs> no cousin. We're going to get five by the FCC. <laughs> What's that commercial where the – you ever see those commercials where the guy is teaching the – when you grow up to be your your parents? Those commercials crack me up every time. we got to get the end that sign. No mustin', no fustin', no cussin'. <laughs> I just make a digital version that whenever well, I curse, that'll pop up. Well, here, here's a random thought. Jared Goodman is at the Yingling Center in Tampa, Florida, watching the uh, USF Bulls, and there's like 100 people there, maybe less. Okay. Florida's open, I thought. So yeah. have, we, uh, have we visited virtually here all of the arenas? Did we miss any of them? Nope. We got them all. The Southport Fieldhouse. Just kidding. So let me ask you all a question. <laughs> Why are we all sitting here spending our time on a Tuesday evening and all of our listeners or viewers, why are they joining in? What makes college basketball so special? Basketball? What's a basketball? Basketball so special. That, that, wasn't that a movie by the guys, the creators of uh, Yeah, the South Park, Park guys. <laughs> Boy, was that an awful movie. But what makes college basketball so special that we want to talk about it? I mean, if you are an alumni or alum from alumni from a specific school that's a powerhouse, and your team is ranked one, or if you're an IU fan, you think you're going to add, you know, win your sixth championship. Yeah, you go nuts. You go nuts. Brackets. There's people that have no interest in college basketball per se, but they want to make that bracket. Yeah, we don't no, do a college World Series bracket. No, and there's no rhyme or reason to. You just make a bracket, and, and it's always that one person that it's somebody's girlfriend that wins everything. I pick based <laughs> on a, which is the more powerful flower. Yeah, well, it, she just picks. So and yeah, that, everybody gets involved. That's been the failure that I think the NBA and NHL have. Right? It's it's the the whiny teams at the top who have cried. 
that they need to reseed in the playoffs. Well, once you reseed in the playoffs, there is no bracket. You can't do it, right? It makes no sense. Well, I thought that one of these two teams was going to play in this round, but they're not. They were supposed to, you know. But but the just the, the pure simplicity of the bracket and uh, its breadth, right? So because it's, uh, what, 68 teams now, it it's just so hard. I mean, Warren Buffett offers, what, a, a billion dollars to do a perfect bracket every year? He has do you know what the odds are to get a oh, perfect bracket? It's in the trillions, isn't it? Yeah, it, you have a better shot of being hit by lightning. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> but if you if you go past March Madness and you go into um, what makes college basketball special, uh, as a traveler, you are avoiding what has become in the NBA and NHL, right? Where and we've talked about this, where it now it just seems like we're looking at the same place over and over again. All, these arenas come in all shapes and sizes, and they all have their own atmosphere. Whether you're talking about Syracuse, which which is a football stadium, and they get in thirty five thousand for basketball, or like Niagara, which which brings in three thousand in in what you know you might think of as a high school gym. Um, I think college basketball does a great job of getting the venue size right. So most big programs do not have these massive sort of NBA, NHL sized capacities. So you know you got like a Michigan and Michigan State where they're around twelve thousand. Um, you know some of I, th- I think I think Butler is is either ten or just under ten. It it's got a totally different feel to it. Uh, so small. And when you've got lots of people there, and you got the band, yeah. and you got the cheerleaders, and you got the students, student section in basketball is even better than in football because they all have little things. I mean, people would go to Duke to watch the students do their thing. As opposed, who cares who's on the floor? Oh, Duke is playing Bryant, whatever. But the Cameron Crazies are there, and they're doing their dance, and they've been out for three days in their tents and and everything, and it's just uh, so unique. I just want to let all my friends at Bryant University know that this is not coming from me, all these digs at at the fine people at Bryant (laughs) University. I would love to see a game at Bryant, but when I saw them, they were pretty bad. But I've never been to Bryant. Mm. You're not missing much. That was on you, man. <laughs> Brian's one of those fine suburban colleges, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like getting back to Butler, nine thousand one hundred people. I always think it's twelve thousand, but my goodness, that's only that's under ten ten grand. That is that is small. And and you're right. It's just the atmosphere. It's the band. It's the student section. It's the cheers. It's the chants. And you don't get that at an NBA game. You don't get that at an NFL game in, in some regards. So it's it's really a loud, very spectacle experience. And, uh, you know, it gets hyped, gets hyped during the tournament. And as a fan, um, it's becoming the antithesis of the NBA. So the NBA is heading in a direction where 
the teams are almost irrelevant. And, and Mark, you probably see this with your students. I mean, are there more Laker fans, or are there more <laughs> are there more LeBron James fans? And if LeBron oh. James picked up and went to Sacramento, how many fans would just go with him? Right? Not that LeBron James is ever going to go to Sacramento. No, you're absolutely right. They, I remember there was a time when no one rooted for Golden State, and then overnight everybody was a Golden State fan. Yeah, and and college basketball is totally different, right? If you're an alumni, you're alumni for life. Um, you know the the turnover for players is so is so quick. Uh, even even at like like Duke and Kentucky, you know how, how do you how do you even know the players? Like they're gone before you blink, right? With these these one and done players. But you know Kentucky is Rupp Arena is massive. It's like nineteen thousand. It's huge, but they still pack the thing. For whoever, we don't even care who John Calipari is bringing in. Uh, a whole new crew? Great, whatever. We're, we're still there. It's it's still Kentucky. And I think that, that also has to do with the locations. Um, so, you know, what else are you going to do in, in Lexington, Kentucky? Not a lot. Well, um, about half a million people there. You can't get some good bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> but but every, every state has a college town. Right, you know, what I would football like would, that too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. New Brunswick, New Jersey is a very terrible college town, but then <laughs> that's where Rutgers is. Is that and that you, and, and the Northeast? It's it's so funny that that are you um, hungry? Yeah, that uh, you know. Yeah, are you hungry? Is nice. MSG was was like the place for college basketball, and. Uh, you know, the NIT was there and, and everything, like, it was the place. But, like, if you think of New York, you're not thinking of, like, who's the New York college? You have to think about it for a while. Oh, yeah, I guess St. John's or whatever. St. John's might be the one that they talk you know? about the most. But, it, like, if they're not winning, you're not talking about them. Now, Seen Hall is in the New York market. They're over in New Jersey, but... Uh, where they're located, I think it's West Orange. They're, that's not much of a campus either. Very small. Uh, but they, but Seton Hall did that that Big East thing, right? Where yeah, Big uh, East. Where Dave, Dave Gavitt started the Big East and, and made the big push and and made a conscious effort to get these um, these big schools and their programs out of their smoky, dingy gyms and into the big facilities. Right, and so you know, Seton Hall, I don't even know. They, I'm they're sure they have a campus play, but they, they play yeah. in they play at the Rock now. They right? play at the Rock, and oh, I think yeah. they I think they play, um, I think they do have a campus spot, but I I I don't know. They used to play they used to play at the Meadowlands Arena, but yeah, they play at the Rock now. Uh, but sidetrack. Eddie Hoop said the atmosphere at Lucas Oil was incredible for the Final Four games. After it got down to just two teams. It was a lot more serious, and a lot of the casual fans went home. If that makes sense. You figure the final would be replete with casual fans. Well, I mean, I mean, could you imagine going to a Final Four when you have, like, the four biggest schools in the country there? How insane that would be. Like, if you had Kansas and IU and Duke and UCLA, you know, and or, right. or Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, Texas, I don't know. I, I, if, if you're 
if you're saying the four biggest, I'm I'm going. Yeah, to, I'm, uh, I'm I'm a little North off. Carolina. Yes, there you go. Duke. Yes. Kentucky. Kentucky. And I don't IU. Know, IU. Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say UCLA anymore. No, UCLA. No, it's not anymore. Right. No. Yeah. Hmm. So oh. so where where's your where's your favorites? What are your favorite uh, NCAA basketball gyms you've been to? Oh, my niche. Uh, I love Purdue. I thought Purdue was a lot of fun. Uh, very similar to U of I in terms of design. But, yeah, Purdue was was, was amazing. I'm trying to think wherever else I've been to. Uh, Princeton University had a very unique gym. It was just very pretty to look at. I was that like, makes sense, considering everything else that's on Princeton, the, the yeah. hockey rink, the football. Yeah, everything on Princeton is just it's an oddball-looking design there. and I mean, I, it, you could get so close to the action there as well. I was just in my seat underneath the rim. Uh, uh, fog, uh, Kansas, what, what's their gym? Fog, Fog Allen. Fog Allen was incredible, too, because that's just that's kind of a squashed-in gym. Uh Cameron Indoor, you're squashed. And I just saw practice there. I didn't see a game. They let us in to watch practice one day. And I'm thinking, wow, can you imagine this place packed with 9,000-plus fans? That must be something else. Isn't, isn't that just bizarre how – That's how they like you know, it. They don't want the to most, I, I think it's fair to say the most popular NCAA team in the country, Yeah, uh, at least media-wise, um, plays in one of the smallest – Smallest gyms, you know, they an could anom- build it. An anomaly. They could build a, a Rupp Arena size thing and, yeah. and fill it. I'm sure, no problem. But yeah, yeah. And Louisville, I've been at, I've been to see a game at Louisville, but that's 22,000 people. But that felt more yeah. like a professional game. That didn't really have that college atmosphere. Definitely, uh, because because you're in some parts of that gym where you're high up as well. You're like, man. 22,000. I mean, it's a big gym. You don't yeah. realize it until you walk in. It's a gorgeous gym. Beautiful views. You got all the bourbon you want, great food selection. But then if you walk all the way to the top, you know, it, it, it's kind of in the fine line between college venue and pro venue. We were we did, like, the ultimate college basketball weekend, Jackson and I, a couple years ago. So we, we caught Kentucky in the afternoon, drove down to Louisville, caught Louisville, Saturday night, Sunday we drove. Sunday morning we drove to Illinois, and then Sunday night we caught Purdue. And uh, all different venues, different feels, but man, did we have a great time! Yeah, no, you're right, that, and that, that's another fun. You know, taking those trips, especially with your son, or if you're a son going with your father, getting all those unique experiences and, and seeing things on the road and. It's a blast, and I miss that. I miss going to different venues on a road trip. Well, for me, college basketball, it just it, – it kind of crept up at me. Like, I've been to 46 different spots. Wow. Not including <laughs> not including tournament, and it, it just sort of like, really? How did it this happen? It becomes addictive. Yeah, it becomes addictive. Uh, I can't believe my number is almost as big as yours. No, no. 46? No, and, I'm half and, that. I'm 23. Uh, and okay. I've, I've been to some bad venues, too. I've been to, like, I, the Coliseum at Fort Wayne where there's I have people two. there. You know, California Riverside was, was nothing to write home about. But there's, you know, some of the oh, ones Wait, I've been to 24. That, I forgot one. <laughs> some of the ones that I enjoyed a lot were ones that I, I never expected. Like, 
um, Oakland. Just a, a, a small school, Horizon League, uh, great gym. You know, maybe a, a probably smaller than your your Indiana high school facilities, but great gym, great fan support. Um, Toledo was a blast as well. I uh, love going to Niagara and, and Canisius. They're they're close. Uh, I would love to be able to see something a great game with a lot of support at Detroit Mercy because Callahan Hall would be amazing if they could put people in it. Uh, but even, you know, some of the ones that I've seen at Christmas have, have surprised me. Um, Florida was a, was a great game uh, over Christmas. Florida State was great. I didn't expect to see – I didn't expect much out of either of them. Um, of course, love going to Michigan. Uh, but, you know, yeah, every, I, like, fun. There, there haven't been too many. St. Bonaventure in the, in the middle of oh, New York ski country. Just nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. And it, oh, wow. What a fun time that was. But, yeah, it's, you could, everywhere. Like, I, I look at my list and I go, yeah, that was great. And that place was great. Notre Dame was great. I had fun at Penn State and they, they're terrible. You know, uh. It does. It it seems to be one of the one of the one of the things that where I I just don't feel I can have a bad time. Even uh, even Paul when we were squashed oh, up in Vermont. Vermont. Oh my god! <laughs> now you talk about atmospheres. That little gym with nothing but bleachers that crammed like four thousand people yep. into this tiny high school gym. Wow, what an atmosphere! And yeah, you couldn't take a deep breath without. Moving your whole row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not much space, but but man, they love their they love their basketball. Uh, you know, they had the um, the saxophone guy do the yeah. do the uh, the national anthem. <laughs> I actually stumbled upon that picture in a YouTube video where they did not give us credit. Like, what's up with that? You guys just steal my picture of Dave Grippo and. <laughs> <laughs> the Vermont Catamounts. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. One basketball gym uh, that's near me, University of Dayton, has uh, is known for their their fans and known for an eccentric atmosphere. Um, and it's a gym that it doesn't look that big, but it's dug in. So when you walk in there, I was, uh, you know, the place is packed, and it's one of the one of the great experiences of college basketball. So you don't really have to go that far. You can go to a small gym. You can go to yeah. a very unique-looking gym or a gym that's kind of a little bit oddball. And you're right. The fans are there cheering on. It's going to be exciting. You know, like I said, I went to the Plestria, and there was nobody there. But I'm sure if that place is packed, especially against another Philly school, you're going to see a different story. And, and that could even be the case uh, for oh, – where was I? Uh, it was uh, Lehigh College in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That at the oh my goodness, oof, outdated venue, very outdated venue. There there was not not too many people there, and the surroundings was it was like right over a giant mountain. The campus is in a mountain, and this was on its own little area. It was so dark and dank around the whole gym, but once you got inside, uh, that place could come alive too with a lot of fans. So. Well, and and you go to some of these places, and and then you get the surprise, right? Like, uh, 
Jackson and I went to Central Michigan last year, and they have a bronze statue there of Dick Enberg. Never would have called it, you know. Retired retired number for uh, Dan Marley, right? You know, I never knew, but wow, you like finding those finding those little nuggets in the in the little sports oh, hall God. of fame. Uh, Boston College, I love their I love their sports hall of fame in the uh, right on the, the Conti Forum. Yep, it's it's awesome. Yeah, Boston College has stuff tucked into every corner of that concourse. Yeah. Whether it's pictures overhead um, to cover up beams or they've got displays of every player to play in the NBA. They've got their Hall of Fame at one end. They've got their honor roll at the other end. It's just a fantastic place to walk around. And banners. Banners everywhere tucked into every every possible beam that they could have hung something from has something hung from it. And to think, like, Boston College is is most definitely not a, a basketball school, right? I mean, what's it, are they are they most famous for having uh, you know the a point shaving scandal that involved Henry Hill? Or, like, is there something else they're more famous for? I, I don't know. Not basketball wise, no. But yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. just get out uh, and and. All of these spots are, are, are far from me. You know, get out and, and check them out. I mean, Mark, you, you mentioned the palestra. Uh, how, how fun would it be to, to just go and see, you know, LaSalle against St. Joseph's in the palestra? Yeah, It'd be crazy. Yeah, I, I'd be, you know, and apparently you could go there and watch Catholic high school championship games, and that place is packed up, packed. And once again, the history, the the hallways are spec, spackled with, you know, photos and banners and traditions. Who of who has played basketball? And they have the, the the Big Six Hall of Fame, or Big Five. Excuse yeah, me. Big Five. Big Six, but it's yeah. five. Big Five Hall of Fame. Um, and and that's just you know just those those Philly schools and, and you think like this is where this is where Penn plays. I mean, for me that was a little bit of a, a disappointing spot in that the game that I saw. Um, it was back at the time when the Ivy League did not do a tournament, so it was the last game of the season and Penn was playing Princeton and Penn had no shot. And that's their main rival, I believe. And um, you know, it was there were a handful of people there. Wow, that's a shame because that yeah, it, it was it was not on them play Mammoth. <laughs> Not the most comfortable spot, for sure. Um, I, I don't even know if if you actually got benches or if they were just you know you just sitting on steps kind of. I thing. believe there were benches, yes, from what I could. You know, I think I have video from my visit to the the palestra somewhere. I got to put that together, but. Um... Yeah, there's just, you know, and I the smaller the venue, the better. I, that's what I like. You know, I like that Chicago's got some great venues that I haven't been up yet. You know, um, North uh, Northwestern, we did their court. I'd love to see a game there. I'd love to go to a Loyola game as well. Uh, that's a funky little place to see basketball. They're winning. I assume they're going to draw. I've been up to Valpo, which is not Chicago, but not too far from Chicago. Strange building, but once again, you got rapid fan base there going nuts. Not sold out, but definitely a lot of excitement there. And if you're if you're the kind of person who looks for like a big weekend, 
college basketball yes. will you can oh. you can string a few together. I mean, we went. Yeah. My dad and I we went and saw Xavier in the afternoon, Cincinnati at night. Yeah, that's easy. Piece of cake. Um, you know, in the same city and everything, and, yeah. and both great basketball traditions. Um, I, I would say I would say the new Big East is a breath of fresh air into college sports. Uh, really basketball centric. Um, bringing in uh, Butler and Creighton uh, and Xavier to go along with like Marquette and Villanova and Georgetown. The hall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, they're they're almost that that group of like upper mid majors who said, okay, we're we're ready for the big time now, and, and this is how we're we're going to do it. And the, and the Big East, you know, the those guys. Those guys love their basketball, except maybe DePaul. Well, yeah, and I've been to their, the, I think, the Win, Wintrust, Winthrop, I forget what it's called. But I think it's Wintrust, I think you're right. And they have a beautiful modern building. I mean, it's, you know, not only not only, that, not only do you have these classics, you got some nice gyms uh, for maybe you're not so popular schools to, to watch games at. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a mixed bag for me. Like I said, I've been to some great atmospheres, and I've been to some pretty – Future ones like Chicago State. Whew, that was tough. That was tough to take in. And I think that was the day I did Chicago State in the afternoon, and then I did Valpo uh, later on that night on my way home. Right. So, what about you, Paul? What are your What are your favorites? I was wondering if I was ever going to get a turn. Sorry, I'm no, there for you, man. That's okay. I should have jumped favorite. in. You know what? You know, I couldn't argue with a thing. You guys said everything you guys said was true. Uh, basketball, you can do fantastic road trips. I mean, I've done triple headers of basketball without ever having to, like, move my car in the city of Boston. It's been incredible. Um, my experience is I've been to 24 NCAA Division One arenas, all except one in New England. So the majority of them are, Mark, you were saying we have the little ones. Like you were saying, a lot of them are places where there's just some bleachers on the side. Hey, we're a Division One school. Who cares? We've got the big city ones. We've got, you know, like Dunk. You've got the XL Center, which we've talked about a lot. Uh, the Dunk is, without a doubt, the rowdiest place I've ever seen a basketball game in. If you ever have a chance, if you're in Providence, and you can catch the Providence College URI game, Ooh. There, there are not a whole lot of bigger rivalries. I don't care what you want to say. There are, but that one is as, as intense as any other one. Um You've got the nice on-campus arena. UConn, when they play at Gamble Arena, 10,000 people jammed into this old, tight barn. Fantastic place to catch a game. Um, you know, a little place like URI has got a great on-campus arena, mid-size, maybe 6,000, 7,000 seats. But it's new, it's modern, it's a great place to catch a game. Um, some of my favorite places are these little ones, like Boston University. They call their gym the roof because it is on the roof of the facility. The ground floor is Walter Brown Arena, the old hockey rink, oh. which is still being used by the women's hockey team, one of the only schools in the country where the women have their own facility. And then if you go up to the top floor, it's the basketball gym. It's fantastic. I have caught, I have caught a basketball game at noon, went downstairs, caught a hockey game at 3, and then walked the block over and caught the men's hockey play at 7. Even what better. a day. What a day, all within a block. Um, you know, little places like UNH. 
like Bryant. We've been kind of making fun of Bryant a little bit, but the Chase Athletic Center is a great little place to catch a game. 2,000 feet, um, comfortable, intimate arena. It's fantastic. Um, two of the things that you guys mentioned. You mentioned, Dave, you mentioned a surprise. And I've talked about this place on this show before. When we went to Los Angeles just over a year ago, and we had a few hours, we, you know what? I looked at the schedule. Hey, you know who's playing who we haven't reviewed on the website yet? California Baptist University. Dragged Pam from the airport to Cal Baptist in Riverside. And, oh, my God, we were blown away by this brand-new 5,000-seat arena with great sight lines, great amenities, great food. Everything about it was first-rate. If you're in that area, if you're in the Inland Empire, check it out. Uh, Dave, yeah, you were talking about Cal and Riverside. Um, that's the same city, <laughs> old, simple venue, brand-new, modern venue, right? You know, you got that juxtaposition right there. Um, but the one I wanted to talk about that stands out for me for New England is Yale University, the Cathedral of Sweat. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's called the Cathedral of Sweat because the place looks like an old Gothic church. It's amazing. It's this giant. I think the Payne Whitney Gymnasium, I think, is like the largest – in terms of square footage, the largest gymnasium anywhere. It's like five or six feet tall. There's a track on it. There's racquetball course. It's a whole complex. But the gym itself is this little gym. If you go in the front door, you take a right, you walk by the stuffed um, original handsome Dan mascot that's in a glass case, and you walk through this, look like these old church gates, and you're in this old gym. You, you enter on like the second floor, and you look down on the gym. And it's got these old wooden benches. They, they feel and look like church pews. That's why it's kind of how it got its name. And on the walls, you know, you're talking about things on the walls. They've got old school records for, like, track and field events that don't exist anymore. It's really amazing. Uh, check out the my review on the website. It's amazing to look at. It. The Cathedral Sweat is just a perfect nickname for it. So, yeah, you've got... You've got everything. I haven't been outside of New England hardly, and I can go from modern to something that was built in the 1910s and everything in between. I'd like to check out a game at Stony Brook just because Eddie Hoop says it's great <laughs> and we should go there and he watches and listens. Stony Brook. Stony Brook, I, I think Eddie said that Stony Brook was the first team officially eliminated from the tournament this year <laughs> because they lost in their conference tournament tonight. Oh, okay. They're in their <laughs> tournament already, are they? So, oh, boy. So, yeah, I, I gave us the kiss of death because I said we'll have a short and sweet episode today, and here we are. Is it ever I, short and sweet? They're well, all sweet. When we get rambling, well, they're, they're sweet, sweet, but they're not they're short. They're not yeah. short. So, uh, this is usually the part of the show where we talk about our visits. Has any of us had any visits? Dave, I know you haven't. You've been advertising on your social media pages. How oh, it's been over a year now. Yeah, it was a year. It was just past a year. Uh, February 29th, Rochester. Yep. And, I've, been uh, the, I've been to the Trip Athletic Center about eight times for UMass Dartmouth basketball. I thought you were just getting COVID tests there. Doing a little bit of everything. <laughs> I, I've actually had a visit, and I have two visits coming up this weekend, too. So <laughs> it's, it's all basketball. Uh, I went to the Cascade High School Cadets Gymnasium, which is one of the most is what it's a very unusual gym. It's built in the center of the high school, and the concourse levels up in both sections are the hallways of the school. 
where you have lockers and classrooms. So it's almost as if you go into a high school and there's this pit of about 2,000 seats and you get to watch basketball. And very nondescript, but uh, it just it was odd. I've never seen any kind of gym like that. It wasn't its own building. It wasn't roped off or, you know, walled off anywhere. It was just kind of right there like a center court. And, okay, let's go watch basketball. And it was permanent bleachers. They wrapped almost all the way around. It was a horseshoe shape. They had a concession stand at one end. And they had the colors of uh, Carolina, Columbia blue and black all over the place, which I liked a lot. So it not wouldn't rank as one of my favorite gyms, but it was it was very it was nice to see. And it wasn't too far away from a place called uh, Brew Link Brew Pub in Plainfield, Indiana, which used to be an old Elks Club, and now it's a brewery restaurant. And that's where they had that uh, Phil Collins logo beer that I sent to Dan. Ale of confusion or something. Genesis. Yeah. Genesis. Genesis. It's not the same it's not the same thing. Well, it had Collins. I actually got blocked from e- sending oh, emails well. to the Soft Rock Station in in Philadelphia for because they go Genesis and Phil Collins. I'm like, not just not James. You're listening at B one oh one point. Yes, exactly B one oh one point one. They just stopped replying after and I believe they started saying it with more emphasis after they got the fifth email from me. Believe yeah, it or not, well, I was angrier than I was now. Okay, well. You got mellowed, huh? Yeah, yeah, I mellowed a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it was a fun little night. I took State Road 40 instead of the interstate, and I also passed by a place that served Western-style, Western New York-style pizza. So it was square pizza. I don't know. I've never been out to Buffalo to have pizza yet, so can't tell you if it is legit, but it was good. People from Buffalo will tell you is they have the best. They do. They do. Wrong, the pepperoni was not cupped. I said, where's your cup pepperoni? I thought the pepperoni is cut very thick so it, it curls up and gets traps the grease inside. I didn't see that. It was thinly cut. So, If you want the best pizza, you have to go to New Haven. Yeah, well, New Haven's good, yeah. Or there Detroit. we go. Pizza, pizza episode. Let's do it. And what you got planned for the next coming weeks, next upcoming uh, fortnight? Uh, I am this Friday. I'm going to sectional a sectional game in Richmond, Indiana, to the Tiernan Center, which just went over $1 million of renovations. It used to be the fourth largest high school gym in the country. Now it's 16 because they knocked out a couple thousand seats. Uh, but their attitude is we don't attract 5,000 fans anymore to our games. So we're going to lower the – Capacity and they, you know, updated the the sound system and they added a new court. So we'll be I'll be doing a review for that. And then the other gym is on Saturday. It's the old Danville. There used to be a college in Danville, Indiana. They built this gym back in the 20s or 30s, but it's not used for anything. So a minor league basketball team is playing in there. It's in the ABA, like. Like, I went to an ABA second-generation league game 20 years ago. The night Dale Earnhardt died, I went to an ABA game. That's the last time I was at a game, 01. That was my first press pass I ever had from Indiana State University to Statesman. They sent me out to the Hinkle Fieldhouse to cover this. and I didn't send me. I asked to go. It's not like they were looking for that review. So I went out there to cover the game 
on my way back, I found out Earnhardt died, and then my story got bumped. So maybe my story will not get bumped this time. But, yeah, they're playing in an old gym that the team actually put money in, along with the county, to renovate it. So I saw some pictures. It looks kind of funky, and they have local businesses nearby the gym. So I'm kind of curious what what that experience will look like uh, from the neighborhood and fan perspective. And the owner actually called me up. He was intrigued that I wanted to come out to review it. He wanted to know what kind of audience Stadium Journey is. (laughs) So Tyrone Brown, we will be out there this Saturday. Hopefully you are as good as advertised. And, Mark, where can our listeners follow your adventures? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube at Ballpark Hunter. Ballpark Hunter. Videos every Monday, every Thursday. I have them lined up until late August. So if I drop dead tonight, you get to watch my videos until (laughs) until August. You'll see videos. Posthumous. Posthumous videos. We love it. Yes, yes. Okay. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen. That's right. That's right. We we have plenty more episodes of Stadium Journey to come. As for me on on the podcast, that will be over. But my YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? Not out of all the uh, online jails. Uh, uh, No, I'm out of all uh, online jails. Find me in my existential flyers dread at all social media platforms at Dan Lighty. Dave, how about yourself? Where can our listeners follow you? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Profan9. Uh, thanks to everybody who has watched Obstructed Views last week, and we're looking forward to dropping a new episode next week. And uh, since this is, this is we were talking about anniversaries, as like last week was the anniversary of my last game. <laughs> um, Sunday, March the 14th, is my 10-year stadium journey anniversary. So 10 years ago, March 14th, my very first review of the Kitchener Rangers was published. So I can't say that I thought I'd be around for 10 years, but, yeah, crazy. Jeez, has anybody on that Stadium Journey team been around longer than you, Dave? Um, Maybe Sean McDonald. Uh, Yeah, but Sean doesn't do much. I'm not sure when Meg Meg came on. Um, But, yeah, there are not too many – who have been around as long? Yeah, I'm twenty. Since. I'm twenty thirteen, so I'm two years behind you. I'm twenty fourteen. Yeah, at least I think I'm twenty thirteen. Wow. Depends what my Facebook page says. Sometimes it. Oh, look what you did back ten years yeah. ago. Hey, my first so, review for staying. So, uh, management team, I'm looking forward to that ten uh, year anniversary gold watch coming in the mail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll get business cards. I already have business cards. Oh, you, you do? To okay. Stick around okay. for ten years to have business cards. Yeah, I made my own. They're too. They're cheap to make, so you know. <laughs> Oh, and you can follow my stadium journeys. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And, hey, I have a YouTube page, too. Not a whole lot on it, but I just uh, uploaded a long-lost base brawl video, which is pretty cool if I do say so myself. Uh, I'm at Puckman RI. And don't forget to check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Stadium Journey. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook as well. Do all that good social media stuff. You can find the Stadium Journey podcast at vocnation.com or search VOC Nation Radio Network on the podcast aggregators that you use. And remember, if you're all still here, you know this, but for those of you who are watching later, 
to simulcast live every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. We will be back in two weeks. That puts us at March 16th. Yes. We will be joined by Greg Larson. He is the author of Clubby, a minor league baseball memoir. It's a nice account of his two years working as a clubby for the Aberdeen Ironbirds. So join us then. Until then, I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada by Trader Vicks. His hair was perfect. Now I'm Without a dream in my, 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 my heart Without a love of my own This is the Slickster, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Vitez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Press discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights. 
9 Eastern on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. Yeah, you get, get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.